What up, what up, what up? Greetings from Earth. This is not your leader. My name is Wack Ops. How you doing? My goodness, it has been a rush to get to you this week. I have had a busy week. I'm about to go on vacation, so I had to squeeze in a whole lot of work right before we got this episode to you. I'm actually recording this episode on Wednesday, so this is coming before the EA Play Live on Thursday, but I know that they're going to be missing Skate and Star Wars and Bioware, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it, but hopefully this won't affect us getting next week's episode to you. This week's episode will be just a bit shorter, but you're still getting the much desired, the much requested trigger warning topic of the week. So let's get into some headline news, and then we're going to jump straight into the platform wars. Uh, not a lot of movie news this week, not a lot of rumors this week, and those that were out this week, we're going to go ahead and cover coming up next week. So first things first, we have a story coming out of Kotaku, and it is eBay banning Steam Deck pre-orders. Now, this is big news for anybody who has had to deal with the reseller market on eBay. Resellers have been basically making it virtually impossible to get a PS5, to get an Xbox Series X uh, and S, which I believe are a little bit uh, in better supply than the PlayStation. And they've already been attacking the Switch OLED models as well as the Steam Deck. And let's not talk about graphics cards because between the resellers and the crypto guys, I I mean, it's been virtually impossible to find a lot of the new gaming hardware. So it's nice to see eBay finally doing something uh, because we know that eBay really hasn't had a lot of incentive to stop resellers from being able to make money on their program because they make money when the resellers make money. But eBay spoke to Kotaku directly uh, and they addressed one of their terms of service where basically all items must be shipped within 30 days of the auction which obviously these wouldn't be going out. This report, actually, another report out of comicbook.com said that we're already looking at Q3 2022 for pre-orders. So if you ordered a Steam Deck right now today, you won't be getting it for at least a full calendar year. So, and that's from Steam themselves. So who knows how the reseller market will adjust to this, but something tells me if the Steam Deck does end up trickling out uh, individually, like straight to their homes. I think this might actually work out um, because if they're not selling through major retailers, I think it's possible that they can have more control over the reseller market and keeping their product in the hands of consumers who want to spend money with them. And then lastly, let's talk about Skyward Sword HD Remake. Now, for those of you who haven't played Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, if Breath of the Wild was your first Zelda game, uh, like it was mine. I'm happy to admit that. That's fine. Don't at me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Skyward Sword was a game that came out on the Wii and used motion controls and actually was pretty well received. I believe it had um, an 89 uh, Metacritic rating, but this Skyward Sword has come out to a Metacritic rating of 82 with a user rating of 6.9. Now, most of these complaints are talking about the motion control and also just the fact that this is not a very strong port. To to be fair, the game wasn't very 
uh, graphically intense to begin with, let's say. Uh, that wasn't their selling point. And the standards that we play games by have changed. So I don't know that we're being entirely fair to Nintendo. But with that being said, I would be lying if I said that the price point didn't matter in this equation. If I paid $60 for this game, I'd be pretty upset. I don't plan on purchasing the game. I haven't played it. But I know that I'd be lying if the entire Zelda franchise isn't one of the most popular in gaming. And a lot of people bought this, maybe not fully understanding what they were buying. Perhaps they thought that they were buying a remake that was made for a different system or wasn't centered around the Wii specifically and its motion controls. Because I think that did um, affect people's expectations of the game when it came out. So that's it for the headline news. Obviously, we got some more stories for you, but we're going to go ahead and dive into the platform wars because we had a couple of good stories coming from all three of the big hitters this week. First things first, we got Sony PlayStation. So obviously the big news this week with Sony, I would hope it would be, you know, about some of their first party titles or something they're releasing and their holiday lineup or something. No, apparently, according to a Netflix data mine, there's a potential partnership between Netflix and Sony for Netflix's new streaming gaming service or assumed to be streaming gaming service. Uh, They're doing something within the gaming space. This comes from VGC and a tweet from Steve Moser. PlayStation imagery was found in an iOS app data mine. Now, I don't know how the technical aspects of it go, but there were screenshots and it shows images of Ghost of Tsushima and a PlayStation controller. So obviously the talks are far beyond the negotiation stage. I think they're in a rollout uh, stage. I'm curious to see what confirmations come out of this because I feel like this is a big enough drop that Netflix or PlayStation has to say something eventually sometime sooner than the end of the year presumably i would imagine they start dropping news about this sometime when all the new games start dropping october november but who knows we might get something within the next couple of weeks that gives us more hints as to what netflix game plan is moving into the gaming space and i think it is a curiosity piece don't get me wrong but at the end of the day i think all of us would be Interested if they gave us something worth playing on our Netflix subscription without anything extra to play. I think that's a a pretty big boon toward accessibility in gaming. Now there's the whole question of controllers and hardware and, you know, first party, third party. It's a whole mess. And so we're, we're curious. Netflix obviously has the funds to be able to venture into this space. But let's see how they, they come about it because they do have some serious competition over there with Game Pass and Netflix isn't going to make a Nintendo Switch anytime soon. So our next story for Sony is actually the reveal of the Ghost of Tsushima Icky Island DLC. I watched the reveal. This just happened, I believe, a couple hours before this recording and it looks really good. There is a new boss called the Eagle. She is a shaman. I'm excited mostly because the environments look new. There's some new characters that we get involved with. There's new enemy types, which I know a lot of people were hoping for in a DLC. I I think, honestly, every DLC 
we all hope for a different enemy type just to give us something new to sink our teeth into. And then obviously new cosmetics, new armor, things like that. Um, you can get more information from the Sony blog post on their website. Also, there are monkeys. So I'm in. I think I'm going to purchase this on the PS4. Obviously, I don't have a PS5 yet because I'm not going to pay a reseller. But I am very, very excited to, to dig into this. Uh, I'm excited to get into some new environments. And I think what they're doing with the, I guess, um, the shamanistic angle of the storytelling, I think will give for a lot of freedom from an art direction standpoint. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. They saw, they showed some glimpses of it within the trailer, but I can't wait to see like a full scene play through a full scene of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, in some kind of like dream level or some kind of, even if it's completely just a, a basically a walkthrough and I'm not actually playing the game, I still want to see what they do with the art direction because that game was one of the few that I truly believe played like a movie, like most Sony titles, honestly, um, from the last generation. Let's jump into some Microsoft Xbox news. Just one story today, but it is a pretty big milestone for Xbox. They set a new internal sales record, according to NPD. That was the best-selling hardware platform in dollars for the month of June. Uh, that is the best since June 2011. Now, they were beat out in number of hardware SKUs sold. Nintendo Switch, obviously, has been reigning supreme in that for a long, long time. Um, but this set a new sales record for Xbox in dollars internally as a company. Again, best since 2011. That was the previous record. This tells me that E3 might have been a really big boon toward them getting more people within their ecosystem. I would love to see their numbers for subscriptions. I would, oh, I'm, I'm sure that is a huge, huge, huge thing that a lot of people want to know about, only because we want to see how it's affecting the gaming landscape moving forward. And there's been a lot of people who, as we get forward in time and we've getting, gotten a little more used to Xbox Game Pass, I think we're starting to feel, I guess, the reverberation from the rest of the gaming community, whether it be Netflix and Sony teaming up to do some kind of streaming service, or if we're talking about the fact that Game Pass might start affecting game development and game developers might start making games that are supposed to hook you in on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis instead of giving us good content that we can play by ourselves for everyone, a diversity of games. But I think we're pretty far off from that, and hopefully a diversity of streaming services will circumvent some of those worries. But who knows? I'm I'm getting years and years ahead. Let's get into some Nintendo news. Nintendo actually had one big story that I wanted to talk about, uh, this week outside of Skyward Sword, of course. Nintendo this week shut down Bloomberg reports telling everybody else through their corporate uh, Twitter, their investors specifically, that certain reports that Bloomberg put out about their profit margin uh, around the Switch OLED model and things of that nature were incorrect. I'm going to read you a quote directly from Nintendo's corporate Twitter. Again, this Twitter is used mostly to talk to investors. Quote, a news report on July 15th 
2021 claimed that the profit margin of the Nintendo Switch OLED model would increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. To ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers, we want to make clear that that claim is incorrect. We also want to clarify that we just announced that new Nintendo Switch OLED model will launch in October 2021 and have no plans for launching any other model at this time. Okay, couple of reasons why this is a, a little spicy. Bloomberg is one of the publications who have been incorrect twice now um, about the uh, Switch OLED story being 4K, as well as one other story recently. I think it was also around Nintendo, but it may have been around Sony. But they have been in the rumor mill, and they haven't been 100% correct. So being called out by a major company as a publication is a little that that stings a little bit it they're trying they're trying to take a shot at your credibility and credibility as a journalist as a you know um a news source is integral it's it's incredibly important so also why this is is kind of spicy is because nintendo usually doesn't pop out and shut down rumors because once you start shutting down rumors then you got to keep shutting down rumors it, it is a slippery slope, and Nintendo typically keeps its nose clean as far as any of that goes. But I think Bloomberg is a big enough publication, and they're a business-oriented publication in many ways. I think Nintendo tweeting this out specifically from their corporate Twitter, addressing investors and customers. I think all of this really, really, really is a business story, um, which makes it all the more interesting. Because, you know, when it's surface-level, you know, stuff somebody slam dunking on somebody on Twitter, it, it, it's less interesting to me personally than stories like this where you're just like, okay, word. It, it, apparently Bloomberg and Nintendo have some beef. Let's see how Bloomberg responds in their writing about Nintendo if they back off and they stop writing about Nintendo as much or they're a little touchier about rumors and things like that. Or is it that they're going to get more combative with Nintendo and try and sniff out more stories about Nintendo because honestly I don't know I don't know the the game between journalists and the business community quite well but if it's anything like <laughs> journalists and any other thing that they cover sports or politics or whatever I'm gonna say it's pretty contentious so we'll see it's just something to keep in the back of your head when you're reading stories from Bloomberg hopefully Bloomberg can actually start putting out some uh some accurate stories Especially because half their stories are behind a paywall. Like, no offense, like, you can't be breaking uh, falsified, or not falsified, you can't be breaking stories with incorrect information in it and expecting me to give you, like, a couple of dollars a month when at the end of the day I could go read a gaming publication who's going to cover the story in a language that I understand. Blah, 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 blah. Either way, we're going to go ahead and move on into the five minutes of sports. It's going to be pretty short this week. It might be a little under five minutes this week go figure i might actually make the time y'all and then we're going to take a break and jump into our trigger warning topic of the week so let's go ahead and start off with the nba finals you have a new nba champion that is the milwaukee bucks are you guys are you guys so impressed i'm i like bro i'm so impressed i never would have thought milwaukee would have won i mean people talk about these these small market teams like, oh, yeah, they could win it. Like, bro, do you know how long it's been since a small market team 
won in a decisive fashion where it wasn't like some some fluky nonsense. Granted, I will admit, there's a lot of injuries. I already talked about it in one of my last week's episodes or a couple weeks ago episodes. There's been a lot of injuries in the NBA. I will give them that. But you know what? That's no excuse because Giannis really buffed that one out. He went out and got himself a finals MVP. He was doing his LeBron James thing and it worked. I know I was talking smack the other week. Like, I don't know if he could do it. This time last week, we were sitting here. Phoenix was up 2-0. People were talking about the sweep. And he went out and hit them with four of them. Bow, 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 bow. He had help. He had help. But you know what? I think it's so, I'm so impressed with this young man. Like, no, no bull. Like, I think Giannis is a hell of a story. And I can't wait to see what he does next I want to see him get a couple of rings especially watching how he celebrated he finished the night with 50 points and then he went out and ordered him a 50 piece nugget meal I I love it I love seeing how happy he was and you know what what made his celebration dope is as soon as the clock hit zero his face just he 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 wasn't smiling he wasn't laughing he didn't hug his teammates he was pushing people out of the way you know what I mean blah 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 as soon as he saw his mama, boom, broke down. It really shows what's important to him. You know what I mean? Not all champions win like that. Some people want the spot for them. But but for Giannis, that moment was for him and his mama. And I love that. I love, I love seeing young, successful people remember where they came from and love their family. I think that shit's dope. But enough of that. I'm not going to keep fawning over Giannis. I'm, I, I, I am happy for Milwaukee, though. I am. I'm happy for that small market city. I love seeing small market cities win. And it'll be probably another 50 years before they do it uh, post Giannis era. Let's get into our second story. Uh, This one's about Aaron Rodgers. And this comes from the man himself, Adam Schefter. Now, apparently, Aaron Rodgers turned down a contract that would have made him the highest played QB or any player in the NFL. Now, I'm going to read you a quote. This is a tweet directly from Adam Schefter. Um, Quote, this offseason, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would would have tied him to Green Bay for five or more seasons and made him the highest paid QB and player in the NFL. Rodgers declined the offer. Proof, it's not about the money. Now, for those of you that don't know, I am a 49er fan, very, very passionate. I'm not a big fan of the Packers, but I have family in Wisconsin, so I'm happy for Milwaukee, and ooh, this Green Bay story interests me like no other. I want to know, it, like inside baseball, what happened? This reminds me of the Jim Harbaugh situation when we had a coach that took us to a Super Bowl, and then two seasons later, we fire him and it kind of was vague as to the reasons why. Aaron Rodgers, similar situation. What did that franchise do to him where he's like, I don't care about the money? Granted, this guy's talented. He's charismatic. He could easily, he was hosting Jeopardy just a couple months ago. He he easily could continue working in the media and keep a good check coming in. And more than that, he is like ultra talented. Someone's going to pay him. You know, I I don't know. It's really crazy. And it sucks because Green Bay, I feel like Green Bay does not do good with retiring quarterbacks. I feel like a similar situation happened 
with Brett Favre, where he left kind of disgruntled, like, man, what was that all for? You know what I mean? I put, I, I gave you my all, man. You know what I mean? And it it's tough. It's tough. The NFL is a business. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, and it's things like this that reminds you that, like, yes, it is, but sometimes people would rather just make it personal and keep it that way. I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers. Honestly, I like when players have agency. Even if it is a quarterback, even if it's like the super talented rich dude, I still like it. him sticking it to these billionaire dudes. Like, I, I don't know. I, I hope that Green Bay can figure it out, but mm, I don't know what happens after Aaron Rodgers, man. Because they lucked up getting Aaron Rodgers after Brett Favre. They did. Because I, I never thought they could do it twice in a row, but... You know, this is one of the greatest franchises in NFL history. No no one's saying they're not. Won the first Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I, it's hard to picture Aaron Rodgers in a New Jersey. I can't wait to see uh, when week one kicks off. Speaking of week one, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know right now that this is going to be our last five minutes of sports, uh, at least until the football season kicks off. Um, unless some extra crazy news happens, I'm not going to be covering it. I'm not going to be covering the Olympics. I may, I may mention the Olympics, but I, I highly doubt it. I, I don't cover uh, soccer or football, you know, I, and I don't care for baseball. So this is a dry period in the year for me from July to September. I'm pretty wide open on sports. So I'm going to go ahead and shut down this segment only because I don't want to fake enthusiasm for y'all. I only want to talk about things that personally excite me. Um, And quite frankly, you know what I mean? If you really want to sink your teeth in, I give you plenty of sources here for you to deep dive deeper into some of these stories. So with that, we're going to retire that for the time being, and we'll bring it right back around when football season starts. And every single week, you guys will hear me rant about my San Francisco 49ers. With that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into the trigger warning topic of the week before we head out this week. That's it. Uh, We're keeping it real, real short. What is our trigger warning topic of the week this week, you might ask? It is the Kotaku (laughs) headline that broke Twitter, broke gaming Twitter this week. If you know, you know. If not, come right back and we're going to dig right into it. Thank you. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. We're going to jump into the trigger warning topic of the week. This week, it's all about the Kotaku headline that broke Twitter. My God, I haven't seen Twitter in this much of a tizzy in a while. Um, Not collectively about one thing. This was impressive. You know what I mean? Let me preface this conversation really quick because I think a frame of mind really helps when talking about some of these things. I'm not a person who's of the mindset who believes that people, uh, whether it be on the content creation side or the journalism side, are shills in both a dictionary sense of the word or kind of in this loose definition of the word that people are using it. Maintaining relationships is important. It's part of the reason why I'm even talking about it this week. People got to understand that business relationships are a different dynamic and it's not it doesn't work the way it works on Twitter. So I just want to preface by saying I'm not attacking content creators or journalists by saying 
what I'm about to say. I don't believe that people are being paid to like things. I don't think that's how companies are structured. I don't I don't think that's how that works. Or gaming chairs or swag or, or whatever you're coming from where you think people are getting paid to, to not do certain things. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. There's just nicer people who get more access. There's people who kiss ass, quite frankly. There's a lot of people who kiss ass and get access. And then there's a lot of people who are just really rude, bro. They're they're rude as fuck and they have bad takes and and they don't get as much access. And that it's a it's a it's a spectrum. So with that preface out of the way, let's get into it. I'm gonna read you the quote of the headline, mostly because I think let's just that's what the story is. So quote 2K very quietly launches new XCOM game that looks like shit. <laughs> now Obviously, this is a bit jarring because of the curse word. Let's be honest. It's because he said shit. But more than that, I think it's because of... (laughs) I think it came off as, like, lazy. And I think a lot of people missed that. Now, what do I mean by lazy? There are a million words in the English language that send that same message. There's so many ways you could have said that. And... As somebody who's just a, a fan of words, I'm a, I'm a nerd, you know what I mean, when it comes to language, I thought that was like, that's what made it unprofessional. Like, what did you go to school for if, <laughs> if you're just going to write headlines like that? Or if you didn't go to school, cool, you're, you're, you, you made it off your own work, that's dope. But like, you put all that work in to write headlines like that, I, I don't know. And I think that this brings up an important conversation around the difference between journalism and content creation. And we have so many people in the gaming space who play the middle. And granted, I play the middle. I'll full wholeheartedly admit I am working somewhat in the infotainment space. I lean a little bit more toward the information. But no, I'm I'm just having fun, man. Like I opened the show saying I'm not your leader for a reason. I don't know stuff. I watch some YouTube videos, I read some stories, I type some things up and I and I read it off to you. And that's my podcast. I I I share my opinion 100%, but most of what I'm doing is more journalist than content creation. And that is a form of content creation, but I think a lot of content creators who don't always act in the best faith. I'm not saying bad faith, but perhaps they do switch up stories or change their words based on their personal preferences. Perhaps they don't always give you a hundred percent of the story and just give you more of their opinion and don't delineate where that line comes in. You know what I mean? Not all, uh, YouTubers, podcasts, uh, people who you go to for information are created equal. And at the end of the day, you know, look, journalism in every space They're looked like assholes. They are. Look at sports players at at the post game, at the podium. Just even if you don't like sports, just watch some of their interviews and how tired these dudes are. They just basically got in a fist fight for two hours, ran ran hella far and did all this, jumped and ran and dunked and whatnot. And then somebody's going to have the nerve to ask them (laughs) about some dumb ass question. Yeah, that's sports journalism. That's their job. And then politics... We're not going to dive all the way into that, but I to to give you kind of what I'm alluding to, 
their infotainment is this middle ground that we're sitting in. There are people who are just entertainers and just talk shit. And then there's people who are just informers or just journalists, pure and simple, which is what Kotaku claims to be a, a publication and not a Twitter feed or a YouTube channel. No offense. I, I think there is a difference between where I go for information and where I go for entertainment. And I think when it's in the gaming space, people think, oh, like, what's the big deal? I want all my people to be real. That's cool. But when you get into things that really matter and when we start talking about news stories within the gaming space that are, you know, adult stuff, big stuff like lawsuits and people getting hurt and people like, you know, when, when it breaks past just our bubble, that's when it's important to have the facts straight. That's when we rely on people like journalists. No offense, but when some serious shit is going down, I don't want to hear from content creators. I want to hear from the AP. I want to hear from Reuters. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there's a difference and, it, and, and perhaps it's just because I've been curious about politics for a long time and I don't mean getting into politics. Don't put that on me. I mean more just I've always been curious about the game of politics. I love gaming, right? I love competition, right? So I've always been curious about how the political game has been played and journalism within that has always played a, a, a weird place. You look at publications like the New York Post and the Huffington Post. I don't know why they're all posts. They have these salacious headlines and their their articles New York Post excluded because they're kind of a they're they're purposefully being a bad actor in most cases. And I would say the Huffington Post is for the other team. But the Huffington Post articles are so opinionated that I almost feel like I'm not getting any information at all. Like I can't trust your information if you're always giving me your hot take. You gotta delineate. You gotta tell me where one thing starts and one thing ends. And granted, we all want to point to YouTube channels that do gaming news, right? Spawn Wave and uh, RTG and Review Tech. All these random people who like really chore Raptor. And dude, there's a million content creators who do really good gaming news online. But there are times where I'm like, mm, I know you only report on open world game open you know what i mean open world game so i'm not gonna ask you about this linear ass game you're probably not gonna like it as much you're gonna knock it i know how you're gonna feel about it ahead of time that doesn't make you a shill it means you have preferences you know what i mean that's fine i'm with that but i think people really i think one journalists most importantly journalists have to be okay just being an asshole in the room i think games journalists want to be liked by the community and that's like not really your job and the community has to understand that if you want to like somebody go to a content creator they're trying to entertain you they're there for the memes as much as they are to give their take and talk about the news they want to be pro professional in their own right you know what i mean i just think that it's unfair to people who work really really hard just like games devs work really hard or me and you work really hard for the money that we give them to get the news and get these games and all this stuff. Everybody in this circle is working 
really hard to make sure that everybody gets correct, accurate information about what's coming out. And it's not always pretty, bro. It, it, you don't, you're not going to like how the sausage is made. You're not going to want to see it. So get over that. On the journalism side, why I'm mad with Kotaku is because, not mad with Kotaku, but like, what is worth writing about? And was this worth writing about? Because I read the article. It was hella short. It wasn't saying much that I couldn't already know. That wasn't, couldn't have been in a tweet. I can't blame the community for being mad when you as a publication, quote unquote, who break stories and have access to these companies that us in the regular guy space don't have. And you abuse it. Like that's that's why people are upset, because people work really, 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 really hard to make sure they get you the best, most accurate, purest information. And y'all have this access and you throw it away on shitty headlines like that you know what i mean and like does this article benefit your reader at all like who's your audience i want to know who your audience is i i don't know i hope that kotaku can start getting its act together because i i don't think it's a bad publication i think it has a place in this space but i think at the end of the day this isn't that big of a deal but people's reaction to it and their misreading of this situation is important learning on both sides has to happen both on the content creator journalism if you report on anything you got to know that like people are just not going to like you for certain things if you want to be able to give us accurate information in the future you have to show some goodwill whether you like it or not bro i i'm not going to give my story to somebody who just said my last game looked like shit even if it looked like shit as far as the, the, the community and their reaction to it, I think this is way overblown. I think y'all need to calm down. So some asshole read a bad headline. So some publication you don't like did something. They do this every week, bro. They did this like two or three times this week. Maybe not exactly like this, but they did something like this. They missed the mark a lot. And they're reaching for an audience that, quite frankly, I don't know who's there. It's like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't see the numbers. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm just not young enough to understand. Maybe their audience is younger than I understand. But I think to, when, when people want real information, at the end of the day, there are places that they go to. When they really want to get serious about, well, what actually happened? And not just what the latest rumor is and all that. Like, dude, gaming Twitter isn't life. Go outside. I'm going to wrap it up there because I, I, I'm i rambling a bit. It's been a long week. I'm pretty tired. And uh, at the end of the day, I think Kotaku will figure it out. They, they're not. I don't think they're going anywhere. But who knows? If you got a different take, you disagree with me, you think I'm tripping, why don't you holler at me and you go ahead and hit me on Twitter at WACOPS. That's W-H-A-C-K-O-P-Z. Or you can go ahead and hit my email and potentially get mentioned here on the show. That's wackops at gmail.com, W-H-A-C-K-O-P-Z at gmail.com. Please subscribe, please download, share, all that business. It really does help. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show, but 
This week, we have a very special shout-out of the week. I want to give a special shout-out to the G-Pad crew. That is my Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption crew on Xbox. They're also on PlayStation and PC. They're on all platforms. They don't only play Rockstar games. They do main Rockstar games, but they do also play Call of Duty and a lot of other games. There's also plenty of different channels for you to hang out, just talk about food and news and whatever. They're international plenty of fun people to talk to and i joined them last year during the pandemic met a lot of folks that i want to continue gaming with i actually just re-downloaded G- uh, gta just to be able to hop in and to a couple crew events that we have on a daily basis um and just show my face and it's been nice because they watched me go from a scrub all the way up to having pretty much whatever i want in gta which is a hefty grind if you've played online so shout out to Getting Paid All Day crew. Shout out to G-Pad. Uh, those are my guys. Shout out to Biz Marquee. Rest in power, King. I'm Wack Ops. This has been Hardcore Casual. Have fun. Be cool. Stay dangerous. Stay dangerous.